This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Kingdom of Ash, with mentions of Throne of Glass, Tower of Dawn, Legendborn, and the Folk of the Air series. There are also discussions surrounding grief and loss, as well as an extensive content warning list. Full list can be found in our show notes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing A Song of Wraiths, it's difficult to say, and Ruin by Roseanne A. Brown. This is her debut novel, and her second one is coming out soon. And this is, of course, a second time read for Laura. So she's reread this to answer all my million first time questions. We haven't really talked about this this week. We've been so busy. Well, no, because we are recording this uh, November 1st, right after Halloween. So it has been very busy. We are very tired. So excuse us if we are a little hoarse, a little a little low energy, but we are here for you. Um, yeah, this book is, is really different. It is really heavy world building right away, but like we have no problem with that. Um, I like this book and it was really easy for me to kind of jump in this. Just like coincidentally, the first time that I was reading this, I had just watched The Mummy. So when they're talking about like um, the the wizards and the urology Telra and like the pharaohs, I was just like, oh, yes. No, the, 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 this book, the resurrection book, like, yes, okay, okay. Like connections are made. So from that, I was very easily hooked. I have not watched The Mummy in easily like 20 years but i somehow am on mummy talk so i mean i i'm there now i just have to find a streaming platform that has it well that's fair and if you watch it again you will absolutely love it um so super kind of relevant here because the pharaohs are named and that is very interesting um my background also is in like mist tales and like religion and cultures and stuff so i have a like kind of working broad knowledge of kind of some of the stuff that's talked about in this book, but my main focus was Hinduism. So I got to learn too. And, you know, I love to learn. Do you feel like because of that background, it gave you an easier way to segue into this world with just what you know already or like your comparisons? I think so. I I think that helped. Like as soon as they started like, like saying things and like naming things, I was like, yes, it's it's okay. 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 I get it. And then um, the, the story, just like the bones of the story are um, pretty common kind of throughout YA. So that was also very familiar too. So it was easy for me to just like, oh, it's a tournament. Okay, here we go. I know what that looks like. (laughs) So yeah, I was, I was pretty sold from the beginning. So yeah, all good. Um, We have kind of some points to bring up before we get started. I think it's important to note that we read this book, both of us, through the audiobook, which I, I, I'm just going to pronounce everything the way that the, 
the narrator did. So if I am not pronouncing it right, I do apologize. We both do. This is this is our only reference to it. And the fact that we do like like every like a lot of things that we read and that we're trying to be more conscious in our reading choices, that we understand that this we are not the the target audience for this, but I don't think you I don't think you need to be to enjoy this book. It's so good. I mean, how do you not get wrapped in with the cover? Like that was I went into this book completely blind. Um and you had shared Laura that the second one was coming out cuz it's this is a confirmed duology was coming out this in the month of November. 2021 so we you know we were like well let's you had already read the first one the second book the cover is just as gorgeous and i said like okay sold let's go for it because i loved brie matthews in legendborn and i'm i i just had a lot of brie vibes in this one and i loved it so much with her her sense of self that's with a lot of like the female main characters that we're finding in these ya books so something that we also want to point out, uh, since we both did the audio, is something really fantastic that happens in this audiobook that has not happened to any other audiobook that I have ever listened to or read, because it's the same thing. And Jess, I know, because like, no. I know, it's yeah. the same for you. Like, I know, <laughs> I know. The trigger warnings and content warnings for this book have made it into the audio version. And it is the first time that we have ever encountered this. And it is fantastic. It is wonderful. It is something that I personally feel, maybe hot take, um, should be standardized. I think so too. I mean, it's one of the reasons we integrated it into our episodes right at the top of the shows is not just like, oh, here's the spoilers of like what we're talking about, but also trigger warnings. But it's also at the same time, and I mean, we'll further into the conversation, we acknowledging that triggers are different for everybody and what might be a trigger for some might not. It, it might, that's a whole different conversation. I digress for five minutes um, because the note from the author for this book particularly says, please note this book depicts issues of mild self-harm ideations, fantasy violence, emotional and physical abuse, anxiety and panic attacks, parent death and animal death i have done my best to approach these topics with sensitivity but if you feel that this kind of content may be triggering please be aware wonderful wonderful so something that we're going to bring up a little bit later is that there is a website that we found doing a little bit of research on this where um, books have like trigger warnings that are different uh from So in this case specifically, the website has trigger warnings that are different from the trigger warnings that the author put in the book. And that is a very interesting conversation that um, we will circle back to kind of at the end. So who are our characters, Jess? All right. So we have Karina, who's the princess and future slash present Sultana. We have Malik, who also goes by like uh, uh, a deal, who is just this other persona that he has to. He's like the champ, the life champion, mm-hmm. the light champion, the life the champion. Life. Um, who th- that champion background where everybody's vying for basically this present, like her gift that she thought of on the whim reminded me of Throne of Glass. I'm sure that that's not the only book, but you know, where you have all the assassins trying to win yeah. to be, yeah. So we we have the Kestrel, who is Karina's mother and current Sultana in the book. 
the Grand Vizier. Well, the title Grand Viziers are everybody on the council. And then there is a male Grand Vizier, Janaba. Janaba? I don't, I'm probably saying that wrong still. Um, then we have the council. Then there's Afua, who we, who is a huge, plays a huge role. Uh, she's this little girl who plays this huge role for Karina in the middle of the book and kind of helps drive her to find out answers and like help her in the end also. There's Tunde, who becomes a friend to Adil, who we also know as Malik, um, and is also the ex-boyfriend of Karina, and is the king also, because they get married. Spoiler, if you're listening to this, this is just like yeah, one giant spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> um, there's Nadia, who's Malik's sister, Fareed, who's supposed to be this trusted advisor, and like, shit turns quick. Then Adir... And Hanan, Adir is the faceless, the faceless or the nameless, the faceless pharaoh. Pharaoh? No. King. King. And Hanan is Karina's sister who rose from the dead. Yes. Yes. Oh, very good. Very good. I think um, those are like our most, like our main players. There's also like Aminata and like, um, the, the, um, the guard, the like main like head guard. Yes, I, 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 Amadou. Um, I think I. Te- she's like Grand Vizier Amadou or something. She reminded me of the Dora Milaje from like that's how I envisioned her, like this powerful protector of royalty. Yeah. Oh, badass, badass. Okay, so we we have this world like it's we're in a desert. There's a big festival coming, uh, Sostagia. And then the comet. I just like the name of it. I know. It sounds like so, it sounds amazing. So Sashi only happens every 50 years. 50 years. And Malik. And it aligns with the comet. Yes. And it aligns with um, Bahia's comet. And Malik and Nadia and Layla are refugees from Ishram. And they are making their way um, to Ziran for Sostagia so that they can start a new life. They have forged papers and... Um, bring money back to their mother and grandmother who are in a refugee camp. That is that is how we start. And then Karina is with her mom in the palace. And she's like, a, she's a princess, but like her sister and her father died five years ago in a fire. And she's like a reluctant kind of wild princess, right? And she, she goes out to bars and stuff and like plays music and we love her. We, there's nothing to say. I mean, it's the, it's the second, it's what was it called? Like the second era syndrome like they're like oh it's not gonna happen to me it's fine i'm just like i'm the fun one oh and and not only is she well she's like the fun one for a little bit but she's also like super talented and she she plays the oud that her baba gave her and she has like calluses and she's really good and that's how we first meet her like she snuck out she's in a bar and she's like um you know playing for the crowd and she's like betting and like i'll win now you know oh and she wins all that money she wins all the money and her mom's like you don't think i know what you're doing out here (laughs) yeah but she also wins the book and then we find out you know, we find out that the the guy with the um, orange peel scented mustache is actually just hyena, you know, in a different mm. form. You know, we love that uh, nice twist. I'm always here for a princess sneaking out to do what yeah. she wants to do. We have it with Poppy. I have it with Jasmine. I, I've always wanted to be Jasmine. I mean, not to say I'm a princess, but y'all know I <laughs> I was under a tight ruling with a Hispanic father. Oh, we We love it. And also, it is important to note that Karina... From the fan art and just like like from art, like she's stunning, right? She's beautiful. She's oh my gorgeous. gosh, Bree stuck out too. 
Yeah. I'm just like yeah. thinking of all, all of our the, All of our favorite <laughs> all people. All of our girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. Karina is gorgeous. She has a trademark silver hair, which we love. And it runs through the family. Um, every, every, like all the. And we later find yeah. out how significant that is. Yeah. No, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, so. What happens here is a big tournament and the politics that deal with the tournament, but there's also a deal with the devil. And then there's also, um, like a resurrection. Every, there's also a hidden that city. Can go, like, can, yeah, the hidden city. There's Magic. A, there's a lot of, there, there's a little of so many tropes, so yeah. many tropes that we love to see in YA, specifically fantasy YA. Specifically fantasy YA. And something that we love to see in fantasy YA that we don't see a lot, and that is Malik. And Malik is a very unique kind of male MC. He is not, um, like physically strong. I mean, he can run and he can run like fast, but they say like he's not, you know, like like, soft. He's kind of like lanky, right? Yeah. And he, um, you know, he, he screws up all the time and he apologizes all the time and he, he like feels like shitty about himself all the time. And that is because Malik can see like the grim folk and he can see like the spirit world. And, you know, when that happens and you tell people they beat the shit out of you and say that you're possessed by the devil, basically. And that's what happens. So he has to like suppress that and and it um, causes panic attacks. So we have a male MC who has like like a uh, panic attacks and how he deals with them. And um, it is a hot topic among some people. Do we want to talk about that hot topic now? Or do we want to kind of like, we can save, all... we can save all of our hot topics for the end, but that is like, okay. you know, asterisk, we're going to touch that one later. Um, so something that I find very interesting about this book and something that I love is the um, depiction of the, like family relationships, right? So we have Karina and her mom who have a very, very like strained, I don't know, just like awful relationship. And then you have Malik and his sisters who are very tight and close. And then Malik and his like parental figures. And like grandma is good. Mom's pretty good. Dad's gone. He's a piece of shit, right? So like we're not great here, but... eh. Yay. The family dynamics are, you know, it's it's funny. It's like, I think we're, I think there's a lot of times that maybe it was just our generation necessarily um, and before ours. We were kind of brought up to you don't talk about anything in the family. Every, everything's a nuclear family, even if it's not. And everybody's f- perfect. And if you're going through your own strifes, you you feel like nobody's going to get it. And then as you get older and you realize it's okay to talk about that because, there are eight, like you find the relatability and like your different relationships and you realize, oh, we're all kind of fucked up. So we're all going through it. Granted, like the generate, like, you know, the boomers and Gen X, they're still not talking about it. But millennials and younger, like Gen Z and Gen Out, we're all like, yo, like that, that meme where you go, did you hear like the older generations? Will go, did you hear they went to therapy? And meanwhile, we're on the phone in a line at Starbucks saying, oh, my gosh, let me tell you what my therapist just told me. Like we are loud and proud because I think that you have to normalize all these stigmas that there are crappy people. Not every dynamic, not every familial dynamic is perfect. And once you realize that that's not a negative thing. It's just a normal thing. It just becomes part of the conversation and you can relate to it more, which this book does very well. 
Something that it does also very well, which is an excellent point you just made, by the way, but something that it also does very well is the um, depiction of grief that Karina goes through. And like, as soon as she started getting headaches, I was like, I know exactly what this is. Like, this is a YA fantasy book. I know what that headache means. I'm not <laughs> like, I'm aware. I'm reading the signs. Um, but the something that really stood out to me was when Karina's mother, the Kestrel, takes her to the garden, right? And they have that big reveal and then um, about magic and and they can't leave. Yeah, yeah, and like and like nobody from her line can ever leave the city. Like they are tied to the city and the barrier and protection and magic and all that. And Karina's like dealing with that, right? And then they come up and there's assassins and 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 Karina's like Was this before? Well, okay, Karina yeah. And, yeah, and like Karina's like talking to her mom and her mom's like, you know, and and Karina yells at her. She's like and, and like that's why you hate me. And her mom's like, "You that think I, I hate you?" And then assassins come and her mom is killed right in front of her. And like, that's it. That's like the last, like, oh my God. So like, and then her and then Karina living under this kind of like delusion that she will bring her mom back to life and that will fix everything, right? Like, I just have to do this and one we thing. we know it never does. Like in it real life does. or in YA fantasy, you knew that that's not what yeah. was going to happen. But I felt for her because like all of these responsibilities start getting like piled on top of her, right? And she's like bearing him. She's like, but it's temporary. Like, this isn't my life. Like, I just have to like like bring her back and then she will take all of this away from me and then I can have my normal life. And, like, this is temporary. And I felt that. There's a direct quote that she said that I made uh, made it a point to put in my notes where she says, breaking down won't get me anywhere. Like, that is a, a reoccurring theme also with our main characters of bigger picture that doesn't make it hurt any less. Or make it, you know, it's just kind of like you're compartmentalizing it. Um and in regards to the grief, which I love everything you said, of course, is a line that really stuck out to me was that when she goes, why does, you know, she's having those internal thoughts, like, why does everyone else get to enjoy themselves while I grieve? Like, how dare this person woken up in the morning when my mother never would again? Like, I really do appreciate how those, that, how grief is depicted because you don't see it sometimes it just feels very written off mm -hmm. and something that this book does well along with um legend born which we talk about in our legend born episode that tracy dion does is she it's it's the reality of it but there's sensitivity as well because you, you've got if you've gone through grief and struggles and loss you're asking yourselves those same questions i guess and also there's a just a beautiful moment where like she can do it, right? Like, she has all the stuff. Like, she can do it. And she realizes that, like, she can't kill Tunde. She can't do this. Like, and then, and then it's, like, this crushing thing of, like, well, like, her mom wouldn't want her to do this. And then it's, like... You knew she wasn't going to, but yeah. she... It's, like, she had to realize yeah. she was never going to. But then there was that realization that she's, like, damn, then I could have been with Malik this whole time. A deal to her at the time. A deal this whole time. But also something that I do really love about this book is then you're like, okay, well, she, she's, she's not going to do it. But then Fareed comes out of left field and he, <laughs> and he does it. Like I yeah. love, I love when like the thing that you fear like actually happens. Right. And like it wasn't the Kestrel that's resurrected. It's Hanan because it was Fareed the whole time. Like 
I fucking love that. I, you know, I reread that part because I go, no, that, no, I did not just hear what I thought I heard. And then I went to my ebook also to make sure I was reading it right. Cause I go, he really did do the thing. Yeah. Like sometimes when stuff like that happens, you kind of speculate. And then I, cause I did wonder about Fareed for a little bit, but then when they have that council meeting and Mawar, Grand Vizier Mawar, he comes forward. I go, oh, okay. And yeah. I, just kept reading. I was like, oh, that I makes didn't... total sense. Okay. I guess I was wrong. I guess I, you know, vibe right. check, my vibe check was wrong, but it was right. Um, <laughs> it, yeah. No, Fareed, man, out of left field. And yeah, all of it is so good. Okay. So, so I do want to mention that you can go to Epic Reads and there's an article from the author that she wrote where she breaks down the like religious aspect of of this story. Um, so and it, and it kind of does the astrology. So like everybody has a symbol on their palm that's like aligned to the day that you were born. And that day is ruled by a god and you have like certain traits or like powers associated with that. It's very cool. It's like kind of unique. So you can go to that. We'll link that in the show notes and you can find out. I was born on a Tuesday, so I am moon aligned. Wait, I want to go and find out mine now. Hold on. I was born on a Wednesday, and it says Wednesday. Oh, well, that's original. Patron deity is Santrophy, the night jar, alignment wind. You were born? Oh, this is so cool. Gonna- <laughs> the apple a day keeps the doctor away, but might I suggest you consider investing in purifying salt instead of apples? Well, considering I love Supernatural, of course, I've invested in salt. <laughs> uh, so mine is Tuesday. It's moon day. It's the owl. That's so perfect. It's like your specialty is healing magic. Moonline people are inquisitive and you are most likely happiest when you are acquiring knowledge or mastering a new skill. Hey, that's nice. Hey. Um, I know. We're like, you know, sure. That's accurate. So, you know, that we'll post that website if you are interested. It's uh, written by the author. So that's really cool. It is legit. Oh, mine's bullshit. Making friends everywhere you go ever easily. No. <laughs> Well, I love you. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, we got a little sidetracked. Okay, um, so a character in this story that we haven't mentioned yet kind of really is Hyena. And Hyena is uh, one of the original kind of um, like mythological figures in this world. And she appears to Malik in several forms. She is... Uh, the Gria that grants the wish of Nadia to enter uh, the city for Solstasia because they were denied when um, Malik got all his paper stolen because he was trying to do the right thing. She appears there. Uh, she appears in the in the house right before uh, they meet a deer. She appears to give Malik the mask for the first challenge. Uh, she's all over the place. She's like, she's one of those, uh, those gods that like comes in and kind of just like gives you a riddle and, and, and like points you in the right direction and then pops out again. I really like Hyena. I like her a lot. She's just always making, I, I don't know. I, she's definitely going to be a, a big player in the next book. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at my notes and I, I feel like it's important 
So I definitely, and I know that this is like not it, but like my first thought when I was reading this is like, oh, this is kind of like a, like a biblical sacrifice situation that we have here. Um, so the reason that we're celebrating Solstasia is because um, the, the barrier has to be renewed. Uh, the, like the magic has to be renewed. And, and like to do that, Solstasia has to like go through um, and, and Karina and her family have to like be the ones to do it, right? Like it has to be them. And the barrier is tied to the comet and the comet is tied to Bahia and Bahia is Karina's ancestor. I'm doing this right. And to create the barrier, she had to um, tie it. It, it was like an exchange, right? Like uh, yeah. the, like your most precious, your most precious thing. So she, Bahia. Most precious, irreplaceable thing. Irreplaceable thing. Right? Yeah. yeah. So Bahia murdered her child to create the barrier. And that act is what made um, Adir, the faceless king, break with her. And that's what started everything was that. And not only could it like it could be an an irreplaceable thing. Yeah, that you could never get back. That's redundant. Never mind. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so when Karina goes to speak to her patron God and ask about the right of resurrection, he, he says the same thing. Like, you know, it has to be an exchange, like an exchange for an exchange. What I'm going to tell you is like, you, you like irreplaceable. You have to give me something that too. So she gives her, her Baba's Ood, um, in, in that exchange. So, but it's very interesting. Okay. So, um, so the faceless King it's Okay. One of the criticisms of this book is that it is very fast paced and a lot happens. Do you feel like it was fast paced? Well, you know, not when I'm reading it, but as I'm looking and trying to like talk it out, it's like, yeah, you know, there's a shitload that happens. I feel like when I was reading it, I feel like it really didn't pick up until I saw like 68%, like 60% or something. And then it went like it was really fast. Not that I, I mind about the the world building. I just feel like there was a lot to get there. And the structure in a way reminded me of We Hunt the Flame, where because you go you we the interchange the point of view, the, yeah, yeah. the dual POVs and they're both going on their separate treks. Yeah, they might have crossed at some point. But they didn't know who the other was. And that's where it reminded me of We Hunt the Flame because they were kind of they were doing their own different journeys. Maybe that's why I didn't feel like it was super fast paced. I guess if you break it down. It kind of is. Yeah. So, yeah. So where are we? Like there the deal has been made. So so I. see again, there's there's just a lot going on. So Nadia is held as ransom. So that she, what did she do again? She, she bartered or something. So she, she answered the Gria's riddle, who was hyena and hyena granted the wish. So they got into the city, but it was the wish she shouldn't have done. No, it's a deer's territory. So any magic has to be like, like approved. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to hold your sister. Yeah. You need to go kill the princess as payment for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like having magic. Malik was like sold. Got it. It's happening. Yeah. Like I will do anything for my my family. Yeah. Yeah. So like Malik has to kill the princess and then Karina 
through getting this book from winning it from the bard when she was out earlier and then her mom dying um, has the like recipe for resurrection and she needs the heart of a king. So she, Karina, is going to murder the winner of the tournament and Malik gets suckered into the tournament as the only way to get close to Karina. So they both have to kill each other. To solve their own unbeknownst problems. to the other, right? Yeah, like, unbeknownst yeah. to the other. Now that was, and I feel like it was kind of answered later on because he had this kind of magic to to have the the priestess in a way select him. But how was he doing that? And then later it's described that he was just kind of suppressing his magic and he's always had it this whole time. But he kind of wavered the decision to go towards him to be chosen as the life champion. Well, and also, yeah, he he can, like, spin illusions, too. So, like, when okay. he's, like, up on the stage for, like, that second challenge, um, he, like, spins that illusion and everyone is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And that illusion is spinning Fareed. is what Farid picks up on. Yeah. Right. And then Farid is like, oh. He's like, oh, that, that illusion. Um, I, cause, because also you, there's, there's two, like, sects of, um, uh, uh, of, like, magical people. You have... The magical community of the Uraji, and then you have the magical group of the Zawenji, and their enemy, their like enemy magic groups. And I sound like so, like a so simple when, like a simpleton. I feel like a terrible person when I break this down. So you have the two groups, and then oh, and they're supposed to detect others with their magic likeness. And then that's what for how you find out Fareed is also Yuraji because he goes, I never detected it from you, but I noticed it with your illusion. And then later, like not later on, but like earlier in the book with um Ifua, she couldn't detect Karina's Zawenji magic. But you know that the magic was detected because she goes, I felt a burst, but then it went away because you knew she had suppressed it. But that burst was when she it was like that emotional release when her mother died, I think. The the magic system is something that I really, really like in this book. And I like I knew you would. I yeah, was so like, confused. I was like, I'm going to have to ask her on this. No, I, I, li- <laughs> I like this magic system. And I like how Karina is just like, well, I'm window lined. But like, so like, would I have wind and they're like yeah yeah like you totally would and like you're 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 like stress and your headaches and like all of this stuff has been like uh you know that's like how it's been manifesting like your grief has been manifesting this way but that's also your magic you have to like let it go like you know and she does at the end and then the storm and then she you know all of that well part of the reason that she was they even said because of the barrier breaking Mm -hmm. it was because and this reminded me of when uh Kingdom of Ash spoiler. When Aelin released like three months worth of energy, even though it was just like a blip underwater, that's what this breaking of the barrier, because she had been suppressing it basically her whole entire life because she didn't know she had it. Or she kind of did it, or she kind of did, but then she suppressed it because that's how the fire started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you you bring up something that I want to talk about, and that is Fareed trying his damnedest to gaslight Karina when she says, like, we need to evacuate the city. I saw the barrier break. Shit's going down. Like, a deer is out there. Like, we, we need we need to do this. And he's like, you sure? Because, like, you've been real tired lately. Like, oh, I hated that! He's like, you know, it's like, it's, like, it's like everybody's, like, 
calm outside. How、like. about how about you go get some rest? You need you need to lay so, back yeah. down. Like you know、Ugh. you you can't trust what you see. I didn't see anything. I was just oh. like, oh,、yes. you swarmy bastard! Like no. No, and and even she, she's like, you know, well, maybe, but then she's like, no, 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 no. I know what I、you. saw. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I know what I saw. It's like, yeah, Karina, like you get him、The、gaslighting because she did like maybe it is all in my head, and that is like that is just a general <laughs> conversation that happens to specifically women all the time and. Any in every society. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was just like, ugh, because up until that point, I've been like, okay, okay, Farid. Especially when Karina really like lays into Farid, and she's like, yeah, you know, I made a she, note. I was like, why is she being such a bitch? Yeah, she's like, Hanan didn't love you. Like everybody knows it. Like yeah, and it was just like, whoa, okay. And then I felt for him, and then he stood up for her after that in the meeting、yeah. that you mentioned with when she poisons everybody. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I was just like, oh. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You're the villain now. Okay. Okay. All right. I did. I even made a note. I was like, "Why is she being so mean?" He's like, "That that to lay and especially because her sister and she she's dead at this point, and he's just she's she said like she loved him, but not it, not in the way that he wanted it reciprocated." Yeah. Oh my god. So fucking like. Oh, now I don't、awful. really care. Yeah. Like. Oh my god. It's just.、Oh. Oh, with the gas! Oh my god!、Um, <laughs> so something that I really loved, obviously, was going to the necropolis and and、um, like you're like reading of, my mind. That was what I wanted to ask、right? about because it's like a mix of like、um, like Pompeii and like like、um, like Greece and like like Egypt and like all that kind of stuff. You had the pillars and the monuments, but also the people and like yeah.、Oh, well, this was the part. This is another one of the parts. Maybe this was the part that triggered where she goes. It was Farid, who's talking about the necropolis, and she says, "I never told you where I went." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, you did." She's like, "No, I didn't. I know. I know what I said." <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, you did, Karina. You know. You know. You know this man. This man <laughs> trying to get you. You just outsmarted smarter the whole council. No fucking way." But I do.、Um, Really, actually, there's a couple. There's a couple things, but I do really love the necropolis and and the the city of the dead, and、uh, you know the monster that's there. That's really cool, and the bonding that they do.、Um, I would like to. My my point is here that I would like to see this kind of like on screen. My、mm. second point to this is、um, this is not a this is not a criticism. This is just like this is just where I am. But I did not buy this romance. I didn't buy this romance at all. There's no chemistry there. They are cement blocks. Not even just that, because I pretty much went into this blind, and with, you know, except for the cover, I didn't even read the cover. I don't know if this was targeted or advertised as an enemies to lovers, because I just are they enemies? Yes. Are they lovers? Obviously not now. They cared for each other. They had crushes. I didn't buy the crush of sorts.、Um, I just don't consider this a like this isn't this isn't a romance driven book. I think that's 
what it comes down to. But it always it's always interesting to me. And again, I don't know how this was advertised initially when this book came out. How some books do have that, oh, this is an enemies to lovers pretense when that's not what this is. This is it's it's a plot book. And the the folk of the air specifically like the Cruel Prince series is not is notorious for oh my gosh, it's enemies to lovers when that's it is a plot driven book. Is there a romance? Not even in the first book. So so you can't say. I, I just don't know if I was thinking one thing and it turned out to be another. But I think that should be clarified that this this isn't a romance book. This is a plot book. Yeah. And I don't even buy the romance that's there. No, no, I don't buy the romance that's there. I didn't I did I bought the the like history. I bought the Tune Day's affection for her. Yeah, he the, was yeah. that. He loved her. He was the he was the ex boyfriend who knew what he lost when he lost it, and he was like, "I'm never gonna fuck this up again." And he was very accurate every time she had a migraine. Every he was like this doting, trying to make up for like the things he fucked up on, literally for the rest of his life. And he says that. And he says that. He's like, you know, we ha- we can do this. Like, I will. That should have been a foreshadow. I'll, I'll take care of you and do it on you for the rest of my life. I know. I was like, oh, no. Tunde. Who, by all accounts, is fine as hell. Tunde. I need I need to see some fan art of this yeah, man. Yeah, I don't. There's, oh, like, man. no fan art. Yeah, but oh, my, my, my gut is telling me that this man <laughs> is hot as hell. Well, I mean, even, in, like, in the physical descriptions, I think... Malik slash Adil is comparing himself to all the other champions, not just Tunde. And he's like, I do not hold a blame to any of these champions. Oh, something that I just thought of that um, I don't. Okay, here's the thing. I don't like that I am comparing this so much to Legendborn, but I'm going to do it again because um, uh, Malik mentions very quickly, just just very quickly that his sister Layla was in a relationship with like the baker's daughter or something just just right there just right there his sister right there just like in legendborn it's not a big deal it is not something that is like detracts from the plot it's it's just it is real life it's beautiful it's there this is it and it is just something that is becoming more normalized and this is a nice example of it and they even say that when they're talking about um the, the queens the yeah the queens the they, they say, yeah i wouldn't be the first queen to take a wife and they were like and that's not the concern they said but you've just never shown any interest mm-hmm. is that you know is are how are you going to depict your champions and that's when um, Karina even said, "Well, I'd take a kind wife over a horrible husband any day." Yeah, I, it's but, it's yeah. What are we all? Like? Yeah, but it's just it's just another example of like you know you can say that like books are like a reflection of the times and like there's a lot of witch books that are out now because they were bought four years ago and there's what happened for you you know oh, there's all mm-hmm. these theories, um, but it's really nice to see the reflection of society in this like small that is very large actually positive way. It's like very, right. you know, it's 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 a very it's like a sentence, but it is a big deal and it is lovely. I just want to like point that out. Um, okay, what 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 else? I like the um, challenges. I like a 
And I know it's a criticism of Throne of Glass, but I like a tournament or a challenge to move things along because it also gives me like a set timeline. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know that that was a trope that people didn't, you know, didn't care for, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, somebody always I mean, technically, yeah, technically, there's always going to be. But I just didn't know that a large percentage of people love enemies to lovers. I didn't realize that. There was a, you know, I just didn't realize that oh, like a tournament didn't care for. Yeah, like sometimes, like one of the cheesiest things that I don't like in movies is, um, like the makeover montage. I like, I hate it, but the movie isn't cheesy without it either. <laughs> like, if I want a cheesy movie, I need the makeover montage, even though I hate it. I hate it so much. That's fair. That's fair. That's so. That's totally fair. Yeah, the the tournament because you you know there's like Hunger Games and then you know the, um, the, you know there's all sorts of stuff like that. Um, I like it. It gives me a timeline. It gives me like events, and you know I I enjoy it. Plus, like the events, like I guess like you said, it moves everything along. You see it in a lot of things, and right now I'm just thinking of Akatar, where you have the three challenges. Harry you Potter, you know where you are. You have everything. Oh, it does happen a lot. I'm not a yeah. fan of it in Hunger Games, though. Yeah, not well, Triwizard Tournament. You know, it's everywhere if you look for it. Just like the academic, you know, like trope is everywhere if you look for it. Um, so, okay, I, I feel like it's very, very important that we say that um, Malik, at the end of this book, is going to train with Farid, right? Like, yeah. So that's important. So he is still in the city and the city is with Farid and Karina has made her escape and the barrier is down and they're both going to learn magic. To go against each other. To go against each other. And I love that. And I'm excited to see how that works. Although I feel, isn't Malik like kind of a double agent here? He's like gonna, he's gonna like take everything he can from, from Farid, but he's like not really fucking with Farid. I think he's... I don't because he's not a double agent yet because he hasn't secured his alignment with Karina. This is true. This is true. And I'm excited. I'm excited. And for right the now next she's book. pissed. You know what? And, and she's <laughs> she angry. Like, she's angry, and she wasn't even like. Next time I see him, I'm gonna unalive him. She's like, I'm gonna punch him in the face. And go, that girl, that's it. That's all you're gonna do. I mean, she's also she's also got it. a thing for him. You know. I know. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. So I have a question. Yeah. So I think I'm still confused how Fareed is driven. Obviously, his quote unquote love of his life didn't love him. So he made a deal with a deer mm-hmm. to kind of set this all in motion. Is that where that connection is? Well, yes. So he is a descendant of the Yuraji Telra. Like he's a right. he's one of the pharaohs, like sorcerers. So he was like brought in and like Ray, you know, like he was kind of like a double agent. And then and then yeah, Hanan, uh, you know, all this stuff. And and the the kicker with this is that Farid said like, no, this time it's going to be different. It'll be different this time. And that's they when always, it, they always say that. Yeah. Because in like right around there is when they say like, you know, um, you can bring people because Farid says like, you know, my people have perfected this magic. We can do this. And then later on, um, somebody else, maybe the Gria says, or maybe hyena says it like, you know, those people that you bring back aren't the same. They're not, but they're not, but that's standard. Yeah. Yeah. That's standard. Mm hmm. 
I guess maybe just knowing what we know to me, I mean, you just know, you know, what what is Robin Real Williams saying in Aladdin? He goes, I can't bring people back from the dead. It's it's not what you think. I don't like doing it. That's off the table for these wishes. Yes. We're not even going there. And you know that. You know that through every single book and TV show and movie. It's not happening. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But it did happen here. And and we don't know yet if yeah. she is different. Yeah, but I feel like it happened here not in the way it was. Well, it wasn't because she was trying to bring the Kestrel back. Right. Yeah. So but but like she had her own plans and Farid had their own plans. But like he didn't have the flower. He couldn't find the flower because he couldn't get into the necropolis. So like as soon as he saw the flower, he he took it and like did his plan where Karina like backed out of her plan because she realized that it was like wrong. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I feel like that's, that's the plot. Now, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you're, you're probably, you're probably like, well, there's a really big like characteristic of Malik that you haven't talked about yet. And there's a reason for that. Uh, so Malik as a unique and kind of um, different male MC, as we said, suffers from um, anxiety and panic attacks. And he has them several times throughout the book. And Tunde even gives him like a um, rubber band to wear on his wrist to snap it, to kind of keep him like in in the now. And and Malik has a mantra that he says, like, stay present, stay here um, to kind of help deal with it. Now, there are two sides to this. There are a lot of people that are like, this is great. This is great. We have a we have a male MC that has like panic attacks and he's like dealing with it and he's living with it. And it is not something that you ever see. And like, yes, we praise this representation. There's another side um, saying that like, that's that's not so great. So Jess, what do we think about this? Okay. I am only speaking on behalf of my own personal experience and living with high functioning anxiety. I do like the message that I I am present. I am here. This is my mind. I am the strongest person here. I love this messaging. However, that being said, I also found some frustrations with this message because when you're having these panic attacks or anxiety attacks or you're overwhelmed, trying to explain, trying to tell somebody, it's okay, don't worry, it's okay, or it's not that big of a deal, it's in your head, like just, you know other people are just trying to do their best in calming you down, but that doesn't help with the anxiety at all. Um, There are times where you, like for myself, like I have different things that I go through to, to try to ground me, to try to isolate myself, to talk myself down or away from it. Or the, the, you know, you have times where you're frustrated and you can't have your triggers. That's even worse because you're like, why can't I stop? If I had a trigger to like talk myself through this, it would be easier That being said, I'm not negating the people who are praising this. I'm just acknowledging that everybody has their own way to process their anxieties and, you know, their whatever they are going through. I just think that's important to note because we are not all the same and I'm not negating anybody else's opinions. Like I said, I do appreciate the message. I just also 
not everybody is going to have the same, they're not going to process their anxiety the same way either. Which is a very excellent segue to something that we were talking about earlier, which was the trigger warnings and content warnings. This topic is very rich and I feel like is a very fertile ground for a full episode. But to kind of um, piggyback onto this, there are a group of people that are very happy that the anxiety in this book was weaponized to defeat like like oh, yeah. um like the manifestation of, went, the, of the devil. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. When a deer was like in his mind and he goes, You wanna be you wanna control my mind? You're gonna take all of my mind and you're gonna you're gonna live it the way I have to live it regularly. Yeah. And that kind of like also pushes a deer out because he doesn't understand how to um manage it the way Malik manages it. Right. And he, and he's like, why is my heart beating so fast? Like, why am I like dizzy? Like, why, why, like, why am I sweating? Like, what, what is going on? And Malik is like, this is my life. This is what I have to deal with. Like, you, want, you right? want my body, like you have to deal with it. So, um, the, the weaponization of anxiety to defeat like a devil figure, um, again, is, is praise. Like, you know, take, take something that is like, um, you know, debilitating to you and like something that you perceive as like your weakness and like turn it around and make it your strength to like push out all the evil. Like, again, very good messaging. Um, the issue kind of though with trigger warnings and content warnings is that, as we said, um, people have just like different things that set them off. So the content warnings and trigger warnings that are different on the website that we shared that are are different from what the author give us, um, the discrepancy there. Like, what do you do about that? I mean, and that's the conversation, right? And who are we to decide what triggers and content warnings are such for other people? And I mean, we try our best, like with us personally in our episodes, this way at the top of our episodes, we try to, you know, it's not just like, oh, here's some spoilers and here's some mentions of books, but here's the trigger and content warnings. I feel like we do it in a way that maybe the author did, where it's what comes to mind initially when we're re- listening through the, like, what are we talking about that could be seen as triggers, which the author did at the beginning of this book. We said we loved it. We read it through. We like it. In addition to that, though, is now that other people have read the book, in addition to the triggers and content warnings that the author had shared, there's a whole list on the website um, that we're going to put in our show notes. But I'm actually going to read through because I think it's important to see how vastly different what trigger, like what can be triggers to other people. Um, so it's going to, it's going to be a moment, but I'm going to read through them. Um, let's see. It starts off with ableism and ableist language, racism and racial slurs, co- uh, colonial, uh, colonialism themes, refugee experiences, riots and stampede, pr- police brutality, emotional and physical child abuse, cheating mentioned, anxiety, panic attacks described in detail and on the page, hallucinations, depersonalization and derealization, self-harm and self-harm ide- self-harm ideations, alcohol consumption, emesis, blood depiction, grief and loss depiction, that's what are the themes that we've been discussing. Um death of a father recounted, death of a mother on page, death of a sister recounted, death in a fire, hostage situation, 
kidnapping and attempted kidnapping, knife violence, stabbing, murder, and attempted murder, regicide, whipping of feet mentioned, animal cruelty, animal death, including animal sacrifice. Wow. That's a lot longer than a lot the note from the author. Longer. And and I have to say, it includes one that I thought of immediately, and that is the ableism, uh, you know, magical headaches. Uh, you know, and they, and they, once she like accepts herself and accepts her power and like the barrier, then, you know, those go away. Uh, so I understand the, the, the kind of ableist, uh, conversation there. You know, nobody likes a magical cure for an ailment that affects common, right? You know, like people that's like shitty. Nobody, you know, nobody likes that. It just feels very dismissive. Yeah. Of, like, and you could just get rid of it because that's not, but that's the same thing can be said with anxiety, which is why it's nice that he kind of talks himself through it again, not to say that that is the only way, you know, to go through and talk yourself down from anxiety attacks, but mm-hmm. um, there's a lot there. Yeah. And it, it's just really interesting. So, um, so that I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying anything negative about anybody. I prefer personally um, the websites list because it includes it. It includes things that, that I like to see. That being said, um, when I was first listening to this book, and it says like animal death, and I was just like, nah, nah. This is like a red flag for me. I, nah. Uh, but you know, I went through it, and I ended up actually. Um, Tapping forward. I don't I don't need that uh, description of that stallion. But that's important. But it's helpful to know that you knew that. Yeah, no, exactly. So like when when it was brought up and, and you know, and I knew going in, I was like, I know where this is going to end. You know, tap forward 10, tap forward 10. I don't need this. Uh, so, I, yeah, that's really important. So, yes, this is a, a really fantastic like example but and that didn't just because you fast forward through that part that you knew you were not like this is not for me that didn't take away from the book either no not at all because i didn't go like that far and then i could tell like from her reaction and context clues what happened like you know she botched it like i get it i get it i understand i I don't need you know the detail um so i appreciate that so what I am actually kind of interested in is what the listeners have to think about this. Um, how do you feel about, or I guess two parts, how do you feel about content warnings and trigger warnings making it into audio? You know, do, did you know about that? Did you know it's not there? Like, what do you feel about that? And also, um, I, I don't know, who who should be in charge of it? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, who's responsible I, I, for it? Because yeah. it's it's so tr- it's so tricky because, you know, people make a bigger list. So should you leave it to the people? I don't know. I would love to know other people's opinion on this. And it's interesting. Like, I wonder if that's something discussed in like not necessarily the arcs like ready for review, but like the pre I think it's like pre proofed arcs where you're going through the editing process that would be interesting conversation like is it the editors or do the editors have like that select few that say you know this could be a trigger this could be a trigger i mean i know in um just just in corporate meetings they have those conversations of like these are things we need to be aware these are things we need to flag um this and then you know especially like you know where i work we bring in an additional conversation to say but did anybody think of this? And then you have to rework the whole strategy all over again. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I would love, and if anybody knows, please tell us. Um, very interesting conversation. I feel like this book is really fantastic for conversations. You can have so many deep conversations, but then you can also have like, fuck yeah, women, women, sultanas. It's always the women. I made, I made a note that when, I, you know, there was a kind of like a list of books that this kind of reminded me of. Um, and one of the notes was Tower of Dawn. And because of, I know a lot of people do not care for Tower of Dawn specifically, but it's specific to they don't care for a story where Kale is the male main character. However, remove, he's, the, he's, I kind of feel I could remove Kale and then still read the whole book. I love Tower of Dawn. Because of the women oh, yeah. and Sartak, but because of the women, <laughs> oh, the, the women shine. They 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 shine, and I have to say, the women shine here too. You know, we really didn't even talk about Aminata, but um, Aminata is the um, yeah, like handmaiden. You know, like um, like helper. I don't want to say like attendant, attendant. She's the attendant of Karina, and you know, she doesn't put up with Karina's shit. Like she supports her, but you know, other times she's like Karina, like no. Like, no, you can't do this. And, you know, so strong women. Yes. And I like that because Karina doesn't have it because you find out earlier in the book, you know, her mother's relation, you know, she, of course, she thinks her mother hates her. And, but then you find out like her, she, her mother kind of focused a lot of her relationship on her older sister, Hanan, because Hanan would, ha would be technically the Sultana to be. So she's kind of being trained as such. And, Karina was just kind of there. She she was kind of dismissive about the whole thing. I mean, she that she also like that's how she took her relationship also. Um, but it's very interesting for that to to see that shift. And the Kestrel also says something really good too. She's like, you know, you're not your sister. You're not Hanan. I don't expect you to be. I don't expect you to be anything like her. She was like trained for this, and I was too hard on her. Um, but then Karina takes that as to say like. So what? I can't do it. I'm just mediocre. I'm not good enough. Right. Yeah. Which is, I have to say, exactly how I would take it. <laughs> that is exactly yeah. how I would take it. I'd be like, oh, well, fine. All right. And then I'm just not going to do it. Like, that. that's how I'd react. So, Karina. Sure, yeah. Dry your hands up about it. Yeah. So, Karina, like, I feel you. I feel you. Um, Jess, do you have any other, like, points on this? No. Not right now. Not right now? Uh, I, I want to mention the author. Um, English is her second language. She is from Ghana. And the um, way that she helped learn or that helped her learn English is that she started reading Harry Potter. So shout out Harry Potter. And um, I just thought that was really interesting. We do acknowledge the issues with the author. We're not. Yeah. No, we're not. No, <laughs> let's fuck, not. Fuck her. Fuck her. Ugh. So, like, we all know. We know. We're going to rewrite this narrative. And yeah. I think that's we're, we're working hard for that. We claim the characters in the story. We don't claim the author. She's a piece of shit. Uh, no? Good? No. I think the only thing... It's so not related. It was just like, you know, when I write my notes and I have my initial thoughts where they're trying to fit Karina for her outfits. Oh, and I thought that was so sad, too, now that I'm thinking about it. When they're, like, letting out some of the fitting because it was supposed to be for her mother. And that was... It just reminds me of there were certain times where it's not the... It's not the thing that you think is going to break you. It's going to be something else that sets you off. Um, but then there's a right before that, she goes, tell me, how do you feel about capes? And I'm just like, no capes, no capes, no, no capes. capes. We all know That's no it. capes, no capes. 
That was it. <laughs> Just lightness. So that's all we got for right now. Thanks for listening. Feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at Acafe Podcast. You can also find us on TikTok at Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. And we look forward to going into the second part of this duology in the future. And let us know your thoughts on content warnings and trigger warnings and audiobooks and who is writing them and who should be responsible for them, because I would just love to know your opinion. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.